Welcome back to the Get Smart With Money podcast. I'm your host, Dana Hernandez. I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area and worked at a grocery store for almost 10 years. Back then, I didn't know what I should have been doing with the money I was making, but if I had, things would be a lot different for me. Luckily, being a financial planner now in life, I'm getting myself on track, and now I'm on a mission to help others get ahead financially too. I know the struggles, and I'm in this with you. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm here with Cynthia Pena. She hosts the Healthy Hot Girl podcast. She is also a coach and a consultant. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you for being here today. I hope you've been well since we last spoke. Thanks. I am doing really well, actually. How are you? I've been really good. Really, really busy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So um, the audience doesn't really know who you are yet. I know you have a couple episodes that have been released, right? Yes. Um, Awesome. Well, please tell us about yourself and where you're from and everything. I am from Holland, Michigan, originally, which is West Michigan, and I was born and raised there. I um, went to college in Kalamazoo, and I moved away for a little bit, lived in Austin, Texas for a year, and now I'm back in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is still West Michigan, and I have been... My background is primarily in human resources consulting, so with a big focus on uh, the people side of things and supporting businesses, creating their HR structures. And for me lately, it's been learning more about the diversity, equity, and inclusion side of HR and building that in, as well as coaching. So I have been working on health healing and happiness-based coaching. So, you know, what is, what does being healthy look like for you? Um, the full spectrum of, you know, holistic health and mental, physical, and spiritual health and how that allows you to show up better and brighter in the world, as well as love yourself and be able to be your authentic self. And for me, um, with the HR consulting and the coaching, I think there's a big focus on inclusion and belonging and being able to feel comfortable and to feel safe enough to show up as your authentic self and to be seen. And so that's been primarily my journey most recently. And the Healthy Hot Girl podcast, we talk about all of the things related to health, healing, and happiness and the full spectrum of what that what that can mean. And that's a lot of different things because we're multidimensional human beings and we have so many different aspects of us, um, you know, from our sexuality to our career, to our family life, to, you know, our hobbies and our interests to, um, you know, the, the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves to, you know, the parts that we allow other people to see. So um, really just, you know, trying to create a space and, for people to really show up and understand themselves. Um, and so they can learn to dance with the darkness so that they are able to shine their light in the world. Wow. That was awesome. <laughs> I really like that. Thanks. Um, you mentioned hobbies. Um, what are your hobbies? Well, my hobbies lately, I feel like have been all based around personal development, but 
I feel like it's around working out. So I have a lot of um, fitness goals. And I so I spent a lot of time in the gym. Um, I've been really trying to focus on lifting heavier and sculpting my body and leaning out and eating healthy. And so that's a big part of my life. And um, the other part of that is honestly, just, you know, learning more about, you know, spirituality and my personal holistic whole being. Um, And so that takes up a lot of my time. Um, And then around that as well, I mean, I do love to dance. I do love to go to um, like EDM shows and different raves in in my free time. Um, I love music. So I love listening to music. I love dancing to music. Um, So I'll take a dance class here and there just depending. And I think just deep, meaningful connections, creating deep, meaningful connections with other women. I love, um, yeah, just being able to connect with other women and, you know, what are we going through and how are we needing support? And like, let's laugh about the dumb shit and like, let's help each other brainstorm, you know, through our problems and find out solutions. And I really just, I honestly am such a learner. Like I'm obsessed with personal development. I'm obsessed with, you know, anything that I hear and I'm like, that's interesting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like I would love to learn more about that. So I feel like that's a lot of my time is just, you know, dipping into these little different things, um, different aspects of things I'm hearing or learning about. Yeah. I think it's really important that you do this because women kind of tend to tear each other down you know, and we have to flip that around. And so we all support each other because we're all women. We all feel the same things. Generally, we're very emotional people, you know, so it's very important to lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm curious, and I like to ask people this question. um, So what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Determined, resilient, and healthy. Ooh, I would definitely say that I am resilient as well (laughs) with everything that I've been through. So right on. Love that. Yeah. Resilience is, I think, one of the most important qualities that we need to have as human beings and especially on this journey, like the journey of entrepreneurship and the journey of life. It's, you know, I don't know where we stumbled upon this like idea of like, I'll be happy when in society, but you know, life is constantly peaks and valleys and we constantly fail. And sometimes we fail into success and that's the best way that we learn. And, you know, it's so easy to, you know, be hard on ourselves and be hard on other people Um, but, you know, being resilient and getting back up and understanding, you know, what happened and, you know, utilizing that to be better people, to be better women, to be better businesses. It's really important. Yeah. And I think one of the key things to being more resilient is just having a stronger, healthier mindset and having actual goals that you want to achieve. That's definitely helped me in life. And I've seen, you know, people that don't 
have such a strong mindset and who don't really have any goals and they just kind of keep going to work and coming home and doing that cycle and they just kind of crumble when things happen that are out of the ordinary you know when adversities happen they just kind of like fall and then they call out of work and things like that they kind of let it control their life so I think mindset and having personal goals and stuff are definitely two key factors in being more resilient. Um, so when we spoke before, you told me that your mom raised you to be more independent financially earlier on. So what did she do exactly? And how has that helped you into adult life? Yeah, well, my mom was one of 11 children and um, she was born in the valley in Texas and I know that her parents weren't really present but out of all of her siblings I would say that she is probably one of the most financially responsible and I don't know maybe it came from her having to create a life for me and raise me but she just always taught me you know, I think, I think around spending, right, like making the most with the money that we had and working hard for it. And, you know, having a list, like for me, it was like having a list of chores to earn allowance every week. And if I wanted something I had to work for, and even when I got a car, like I had to pay my insurance, and I had to pay my gas, and I had to get a job when I was 14. And um, I remember, going to or thinking about going to college and her just kind of talking me through, you know, at least like what the debt process was. And like, I mean, this actually part is not a good part, but she was like, everyone's in debt, you know, go to college and take out a loan and it's fine. Um, And, but the other part of that was like, you know, with credit cards, like, Hey, you need to right when I turned, I don't even know if I was 17 or 18 yet, but right when I turned, you know, around that time, like I had graduated high school and she was like, you need to build your credit and you need to get, you know, go to your bank and you open a $500, um, you know, credit card or they'll give you the prepaid one. And then you just, you know, you pay off your expenses. You only use it for um, emergencies and just like those kind of little things and just little things about, um, you know, lending money, you know, if you're lending money out, always, always be okay with not getting that money back just in case. And I think, you know, maybe like on the other side of that, it was more really a, about hard work, um, you know, about working hard. And I think the appreciation of, working really hard to get what I wanted. And I think that was more of what she taught me. Um, and I think just, you know, to be independent, like I had to be independent. Um, I, um, you know, was out when I was 18 and, you know, had my own car, everything was in my name. My, my credit cards were in my name. My student loans were in my name. And I think, you know, it's kind of like pushed out the nest a little bit. And it was like, you know, sink or swim type of thing. And I think just growing up, I always was a hard worker. I always had to help out with my siblings. I had to help my mom. I, you know, had to get a job to get to have the things that I wanted to because, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And, 
yeah, I think that just taught me to work really hard for what I want. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> she definitely taught you a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, for me, it was a little bit different. Um, definitely was not brought up like that, but kind of wish that I had been because I can see that you obviously would be a little more smarter with credit cards and things like that. And everything being in your name, that's just like an automatic like responsibility feeling, you know? So, um, yeah, I didn't really have many two things in my name yet by like 17, 18, but (laughs) yeah. And I remember her like, like saying, no, like I will not co-sign for you for these things. And I honestly, I think my dad might've helped me with like one loan in college. And I think, you know, eventually like, I had built enough credit where I didn't really need those things, but yeah. Yeah. I think it is really important to start teaching your kids earlier on about finance and stuff and mindset, because it's just going to help them get set up earlier than their friends. They're going to start thinking about all that a lot sooner. It's just going to help them in the long run. Yeah. It's crazy because I, I don't know if you and I had this conversation, but I definitely had this conversation with other people. It's like, what are we even teaching kids these days? Like we really need to be teaching them, you know, mindfulness and um, like open-mindedness and, you know, to accept other people and to be kind and, you know, what financial health looks like and how to mentally and physically and spiritually take care of yourself. And like these things before we start, you know, sending them to college to, you know, get a hundred thousand dollars in debt for a career they might not even love or might not even get. Like, it's just crazy. Society is a little crazy for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Sometime in the future with this podcast and stuff, I want to create some sort of community where maybe parents come and they just basically commit to teaching their kids about all that stuff because exactly what are they teaching these days? And if we can't get this stuff implemented in the schools, I want to create something where all these parents are going to come together and commit to teaching their kids that way. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Because, you know, things are caught, not taught. And It's very important because, you know, kids are watching all the time. Kids are watching you. So you need to be doing things that are showing them the best example that you can. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, there's a certain, there's an art to, you know, loving your kids and, you know, wanting them to have a warm upbringing, but also, you know, sprinkling in those life lessons and, that art of appreciation and just a a good set of values. Yeah, for sure. Here's another question that I like to ask people, um, not related to that, but I mean, financially, a lot of people had issues. So what was the biggest change or challenge that you went through during the pandemic? Yeah. So with the pandemic, I, I mean, job wise, you know, I, Honestly, the pandemic was a blessing. I was ready to leave my job and, you know, they did a bunch of layoffs and I was one of them. And so that was amazing for me. I loved that. (laughs) 
I spent that whole time like studying for, for a certification um, and, and moving forward. And so that was awesome. But I think it was just so an awakening now that I think about it, that time I started doing, um, well, I started working out at home. I mean, I always worked out, but I started doing yoga. So I started doing 10 minutes of yoga every day that I've been doing since COVID. Um, so since 2020, which I think just that practice like has, has been something that has been an unexpected like staple that I haven't really, that I didn't really try to have happen within my life. And I think just an overall, just an awakening of, you know, what I wanted. And I, I started moving in a new direction. So I would say just an awakening. Yeah, for sure. It was a definite blessing for a lot of people, but terrible for other people. So it's just crazy how everyone is so different in that way, especially for the pandemic. I think for me, I just, I really am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, it doesn't feel good. You know, like I have been laid off from a job and I've been fired from a job. And I think both of those jobs, I needed to go. And both of those jobs, honestly, on the financial side, like, you know, I had COVID unemployment and I had a a nice severance and like, I was okay, but like, it still doesn't feel good. But for me, I'm always like, well, like this, everything happens for a reason. So this is rejection is redirection always. And so for me, like I had some I think I just tried to know that there's a different path forward. And I just instantly when something like that happens, I I mean, I give myself like whatever it is, time to grieve, time to feel, but I don't like to spend too much time there because I know that everything's happening for me and not to me and that I'm being redirected on a different path that is waiting for me. Yeah. And the best thing to do when you pass all that is to look back and just realize like, holy shit, like (laughs) that was great. (laughs) Even though it feels like shit, like when it happens. Yeah. But everything does happen for a reason and always new doors are opening. So you just got to go with it because things just keep going (laughs) anyway. So yeah, this question is going to pertain to my book because it's about toxic relationships and roommate situations Um, And I like to find out what people have done to get out of toxic relationships or roommate situations um, and how they've changed from them. So can you say that you've been in a toxic relationship or a toxic roommate relationship situation? I've definitely been in a long toxic relationship. The roommate side, like I've had a couple of, I had like one situation that got like awkward, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Good to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. So then out of the toxic relationship, how would you say that you've bloomed and changed from that? It's time for a short commercial break. So I have some questions for you. Do you need to improve your knowledge about how money works? Are you sick of workplace drama? Are you someone who likes helping others? Would making extra money help you? Do you have a why? If you answered yes to these questions, I'm looking for you. I want driven individuals to join me in financial services. 
new leaders, new friends, and humans who just want to be around other like-minded humans. Most importantly, someone willing to show up for themselves and do whatever it takes to get ahead. Is that you? If it is, go book a Zoom call with me today using the Calendly link in the description of this episode. And share this with anyone you know that can answer those questions just like you did. I can't wait to meet you. Yeah, I would say that I really just bloomed into who I was meant to be. I was always somebody that, and maybe not at this time, maybe at this time in my life, like I really was in love with this person and I really wanted it to work. And, you know, I thought I was going to marry this person and they just like cheated on me all the time. And I was just like so in love with them that I was there and available. And um, I think like I always was trying to maybe like prove how good I was, you know, for him to maybe like come back or for, for him to not take me for granted anymore. And um. So I, that was, there was a long phase of that and there was a long phase of being available, but I think the first thing that you do is don't sign a lease with that person. (laughs) Don't do that. So so number one, um, you know, and I think I just, I, I don't, I can't say that like, that it was like. It was really hard for me to do this in the moment, but I know that I did it and I, and I don't know what it was that other than like my higher self or like my higher power or like that little light inside me. But like, I always had to redirect. So I always like, no matter how I was feeling and I was feeling miserable and I was probably depressed and probably so much trauma was triggered and I was carrying so much, so much emotional um, weight with me, emotional baggage and um, hurt, but I still always did what I needed to do. You know, I still tried to make new friends. I still, um, you know, went to work every day. I still went and had a good time, maybe too much of a good time, um, (laughs) with my friends, but, you know, I just did what I, what I needed to do or like what I thought I moved away to school. Um, I, but I still kept in contact with this person, like all, even though I moved away. Um, and I think the best advice that I can say is just focus on yourself. And even if you really don't feel like it inside and you're still hurt and, you know, you have a, you know, wide spectrum of emotions going through you, like focus on yourself and what is fun for you or what is something that you would like to do, you know, pursue your passions, pursue your interests, try to find girlfriends or friends that you can go do different things with and just focus on, I think, falling in love with life. I think we spend so much time or we can, we have the opportunity to spend so much time preoccupied with and fixated on one thing or one person. And if this doesn't work out, I'm miserable and like, we just need to redirect our energy. We need to redirect our time and 
I think time does heal. And I think, you know, through the path of that redirection and, you know, being exposed to different people, places and things, opportunities, lessons, growth, you slowly evolve into somebody, into somebody else. And you realize when you look back at all those things, like you really believe it and you know, like I was so better than that. And the reason why I stayed for so long was because of these things that, you know, showed up from my childhood or my past relationship traumas or my relationships that I did or didn't have with my family. Like, and you can understand what you were really looking for. And you can also look and back and realize that that person didn't have the capacity to even offer you what you needed. And you were just so exposed and so, you know, desperate for love and affection that that's why you went there. Yeah, I have experienced that myself. Um, and, you know, seen a bunch of friends that have stayed in really bad relationships because they were always, including myself, always putting ourselves in the place where we're just waiting on other people to be ready, you know, for you. And it's like, you can't keep putting yourself in that spot because you're putting yourself down. You have to just move on. You know, there's plenty of fish out there. So, get on looking for the new one or just work on yourself to find a better one, you know, because the more positivity you have in your life and the stronger mindset and everything you do for yourself, it's going to attract better people. Yeah. And I think for me, so I like one of the little quotes that I've been saying is life's too short for you to be waiting for people to love you the right way. Love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so important because a lot of the times the hard truth that we fail to realize is that when we're so desperate for a partner or anybody, somebody else to love us, or we want to attach ourselves, it's because there's something inside that we really don't want to face and we don't want to be alone. And we think this person is going to save us. This person is going to give us identity. This person is going to love us and we're not going to feel alone. And, you know, all our hurt and pain goes away but it's really like just it's mirroring that you need to love yourself first before anybody can love you yeah and I just did an episode on gaslighting (laughs) um it's almost kind of like you're gaslighting yourself you're also letting someone else gaslight you but you believe that stuff so much that you're gaslighting yourself Mm -hmm. that's not good (laughs) yeah And it takes away from you being able to, you know, you asked me like if I had any hobbies and it's like when you are so busy waiting for somebody to love you, you don't have anything else going on for you. And that's normally the case too, you know, and it's like, that's why you're so, you know, just hyper-focused on this person paying attention to you and loving you and giving you what you need. And it's like, You need to give yourself what you need. Like if you don't want to be, this is like a real, this is like a look at, look at yourself with the honest truth. Like if you don't even want to be alone with yourself, who's going to want to be alone with you? You know, and just like, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in the most genuine way, like 
how am I supposed to connect with people if I can't even connect with myself? And I've sat with that for a really long time. And I think I'm in this place in my life right now where I've spent so much time wanting to be in relationships that, I mean, is there part of me that wants someone? Of course, but like, you know, not in the way that I used to prioritize it before. Like my priority is myself, my relationship with myself, coming home to myself, doing the things that I love, creating the life that I love. Like that is my number one focus, but it took me so long to realize, you know, how am I, how is somebody else supposed to love me if I don't even love myself? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't even sit in the same room with yourself and you always need someone around, it's like, what are you doing? Like you have to make sure that you're the number one focus because we're only here once, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't really have time to make up the time that we've lost on fixating on all these people that may or may not want to be with us or something, you know? Yeah. It's just looking back at myself. I'm like, yeah, no, I wasn't that person that I am now. I definitely was a lot weaker, but every relationship I had, I can definitely say I've learned something about myself from, um, even I look back now and my first boyfriend that I really loved broke up with me like over 10 years ago. And then everyone after that, that I dated was just a shitty person. They didn't treat me well. You know, they cheated on me. I think I've been cheated on probably like three times. (laughs) And I think I chose the wrong guys every time because that one that broke up with me just to me in my mind he was perfect and I had him on such a high pedestal for some reason and then everyone afterwards I felt like I didn't deserve to be that happy or something again it's super weird but that was actually like a new realization (laughs) for me I think yeah, I think sometimes we romanticize our partners instead of, like, we romanticize the idea of them instead of, like, realizing, like, instead of taking the time to, number one, realize we have a choice and we get to decide what we want this person to be to us and if they're a compatible match for us. And, like, we don't realize that we have those, we that we can have those two choices. And then taking the time to real like to think like oh does this person have the same values that i have does this person like obviously you know relationships are work in general but you know just do they want the same thing as you are their intentions the same like um do they have the capacity to understand you is that what they're looking for do you guys are you guys even looking for the same thing at the same time like all of these things matter and instead of really taking the time to understand those things, we're just like, yeah, I want you, like, you know, I I just want you to be it. And it's yeah. like, you're not even a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. It's more out of lust a lot yeah. of the time. So mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, my advice for anybody struggling in a relationship where they're getting pulled, whichever way direction the other person is pulling them and stuff, just start with a pro and con list. My best friend Heather and I used to do this for every single guy that I ever dated pretty much. And you could just see it on paper, like so many more cons usually than the pros. And it's just like, it's right here in front of my face. Like, Did that stop you from dating them? Yeah. Every single time I did the hard thing and I broke up with them. 
good it it helps it's right there like what are you gonna do you just wrote it down this is the truth right here (laughs) for you yes I love that I've never made a pros and cons list but maybe I should start it's super helpful I swear (laughs) I've done it probably like five times this is awesome I love this Yeah, no, that's like my like go-to advice if anyone is like struggling in a relationship and they don't know what to do or like when you have super good times with the person, but then your arguments are always like terrible. So I don't know, write it all down because you can see everything, even anything that slightly bothers you about them, write it down. You know, you can see it all right there and it's like, okay, like, what are you going to do if it's staring you in the face? The other thing that's really helpful is figuring out what your attachment style is. Have you heard of attachment styles? Okay. Not very so, much. Okay. So your, your attachment style is there's kind of three main types and there's anxious attachment, uh, secure attachment, and then avoidant. Um, those are the three main ones, but basically they, it's how your childhood relationships basically affect your adult relationships and so anxious is um the type you kind of get anxiety or fear of abandonment with a partner secure is you know how to healthily engage and in healthy connection and in healthy separation and then avoidant is you're kind of distant and so I think it's really good to become aware of what your style is And so you can kind of understand your behavior and like, especially when you're meeting and talking to new people and like what you're needing. And um, if you are experiencing like any of those feelings, like for me, I'm an anxious attachment style. So I know that I have, especially in the beginning of talking to new people, um, I have a fear of abandonment and I have, I'm, I'm a really anxious person. And so I overthink and analyze and stuff like that, but just understanding how that shows up with me engaging with new people is really helpful too. Yeah. Wow. I didn't really know as much as I thought I knew about that. That's really interesting. Um, I think I used to be more of the anxious type before. Um, and you know how that whole thing is like you like end up dating your dad essentially, or like guys kind of end up dating their moms, essentially, you know, that's kind of yeah. funny because my boyfriend now is kind of a lot like my dad. Oh, wow. And I, I don't date my dad. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he has characteristics, but um, and I would say that I'm more of a secure type mm-hmm. now because I have like somebody that is like my dad, like my parents have been married for almost 50 years. I love that. Very secure. They communicate and, you know, (laughs) so. Yes. It's so crazy too, how, you know, the wrong person can trigger the wrong things and that you don't want to experience within you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can, your attachment style can change based on things that you experience or being able to practice healthy, um, you know, and secure relation relationship uh, practices as well. So that's really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember dating people, you know, you act different if you're not in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I felt rage a lot of the time, and that's not me. I'm pretty laid back, and I kind of go with the flow. I can get a little anxious here and there, but, like, I'm not, like, a violent person, so... It was crazy dating these people making me feel that way. And then I was like, you know what? One day I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is not me. So mm-hmm. I had to go and just chill and just wait for the right person, even though he literally popped up right away. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Me too. He definitely saved me. Um, So you said you do yoga and everything. What else do you do to connect with who you really are? So every morning I wake up and I put like a a 10 minute meditation on and I just do that while I'm in bed. And then after that I will journal. And so I have like guided prompts that I do. So it'll be like, how am I feeling? A little bit of time for just, you know, a journal dump, um, a a morning affirmation, self-care activities, what I'm grateful for what went well, what works, and then kind of my to-do list for the day. So that's a big part of my morning. And then I will, depending on click into the energy of the day or the week, and I'll just kind of like process, I'll take that and process of like, what's going on? What's the moon? um, What phase is it in? And and then I work out and then I kind of start my day. So I would say meditation, journaling, and yeah, I will do some type of physical activity. So whether that's yoga or going to the gym. So how did you start that big habit in the mornings? Because I have a little bit of trouble with my mornings. Yeah, I've always been a morning person. So I've always like woke up. Like I would be the first one in my house, like up for no reason. And, (laughs) um, and I've always been a morning workout person. I just, the gyms are less crowded and there's more availability and I would always be able to like get my workout done and not have to worry about like skipping it later or, you know, being invited somewhere and not being able to go because I needed to work out. So that was a big part. That's been a big part of my morning routine. Um, and then I could just work out and get ready for the day. Like I wouldn't have to like work out and get ready twice or anything like that. But so that has been a staple in my day for a really long time. But I think just realizing that I wanted to focus on balancing my energy. So I felt like I was really heavy in my masculine energy of doing. And I have really been trying to tap into more of my feminine energy. So it's just, and now it's something that I like in the beginning, it was hard to create that space to journal. And I think guided journals really help. And, you know, having fun tools, like I also do um, like angel guidance. And so I have a bunch of Oracle decks that I'll pull for them. Um, if I'm feeling like, obviously it's me and it's my interpretation. Um, but I think just like having some, something that allows me to have a perspective shift or a fresh perspective 
is very helpful for me. And again, like it's a practice because you do have to slowly practice these things. But I think now it's like, I crave it. Like now I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to connect with myself because I need to always be in charge of my energy. And to me, like energy is everything. And I I know what it feels like to have bad energy or, um, you know, to be affected by outside factors. And so I think just knowing that like, my number one job every day is to feel good. And so I need to take this time to prioritize my connection with myself and how I'm feeling and what I want to do today and my mindset and, you know, leading from that place and everything else comes afterward. That's so cool. And I really kind of need to do the same thing. (laughs) So my schedule is going to be changing here soon. So I'm really hoping to start getting up early and implementing some of that stuff as Mm -hmm. well, especially the yoga and meditation in the morning. Um, In my office, I just got like a new little couch day bed type of thing. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be helpful with the meditation and stuff. And it's totally getting more Zen in here. So it's helping. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like sprinkle the vibes in there. Like that's why like I have like, you can't see, but I have a windowsill of plants and I mean, you know, my lights and I just throw my yoga mat on the floor. And like, that's where I lay down and meditate and yeah, just the little things that do it for you. Like I said, I'd recommend a guided meditation journal and play around with those. Cause some of them like they're guided, but they're just like one prompt. And, you know, I need, I need a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was awesome. Um, what is your biggest goal for this year? So I have actually, I mean, it's not like my biggest goal, but I guess it's the first thing that came to mind and it's something that I've invested in. It's something that I've committed to is I have just enrolled in Happy Jack Yoga, um, their annual um, membership. And so I will be getting my at least uh, 200 hour yoga certification and there's a, a whole host of things that will be coming with that just as like uh, around spiritual health and meditation and coaching. So I'm really excited to deepen my practice in connecting the body and mind and soul modality that I am really passionate about. So obviously, like on the surface, I know that, you know, health and um, is important, right? And like, on the outside, like I'm, I'm aware of, you know, dieting and structured workouts and things like that, but I really want to kind of tap into that old ancient yogi wisdom, um, and really just learn more. And not that I, I don't know if I'll teach yoga. I think it's a cool option that I'll be able to offer when I host retreats, but I don't necessarily know that I want to be a yoga teacher or anything, but I'm super excited to just learn more about something that I'm passionate about and add that in a way that I can help with my coaching. Awesome. Well, then I have a few extra questions for you after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was awesome. That was a really good talk. I yeah. like that a lot. Um, and then, so where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on 
Instagram, my Instagram is underscore Sin Pena, C-Y-N-P-E-N-A. And then my Facebook is Cynthia Pena, my last name, P-E-N-A. And I also have a link in my bio if you're interested in booking any coaching with me. And then the Healthy Hot Girl podcast is available on Anchor and Spotify. So you should definitely take a listen. All of those will be in the description then of this episode. And I thank you for being here today. That was awesome. Thanks for having me. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Plus, follow me on Instagram at Dana.Hernandez.Agent.